Okay, today's guest is one of the most brilliant broadcasters we've ever seen in Australian radio. He brought us entertainment and insight through his time on SEN while providing a platform for incredible talkback banter that has failed to be recreated since. He kept us company for over a decade with Evenings with Mark Fine and never shied away from giving us his open and honest opinions, especially on Finey's Final Siren. His interviewing, hosting and journalism skills are admired by many and I'm privileged to be able to speak with him today on the gym session. Mr. Mark Finey Fine, how are you, mate? Good. Sounds like I wrote that intro. <laughs> you did. Thanks for sending that before. It worked <laughs> well. Hey, uh, what does life look like for you now, Finey? What are you doing? Well, in terms of my connectivity to football, mm-hmm. it's very much through footyology with Rowan Connolly. Roko and I do two podcasts a week and one Twitter TV show. And beyond that, Roko's extended footyology out to be a great website with a lot of great written word on it. So predominantly that in terms of what I'm doing with football, but away from football there are you know, family, there's um there's sort of got a couple of um, properties and trying to consolidate that. So I've got a large family that keeps me busy. But always two eyes on the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I'll ask you about the footy in a sec, but do, I wanted to ask, do you miss radio? Do you miss, miss being involved in the in the sports media landscape through radio? Yeah, yeah, I love radio. Mm. It's, a, it's a medium that I felt that I was suited to. It's obviously immediate, it's disposable, but it can give the operator or the person who's, pro, you know, the person who's programming it, it, with the right station. And SEN, when I worked there, gave me license to really be my own man. Mm. It really allows you to be yourself. And I had plenty of hours on radio. You know, I was on plenty of hours during the week. So in the end, I, I really enjoy it because it, it ultimately is you and in go to work and you just be yourself and talk about sport, that's a pretty good job. Yeah. Or talk about anything. It doesn't have to be sport. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you first get involved in, in radio? How did you, how'd you make your way up and, and through the ranks? I'd been involved with sports media through first copywriting mm-hmm. and then doing work for AFL.com.au. AFL.com.au used to do post-match interviews of all mm-hmm. coaches and some of the players access to the rooms. So I'd be assigned a game each weekend, sometimes two, to have a cameraman and go down and do that. I did work on live and kicking for Harvey Silver. And then through my friendship with Russell Gilbert, we got work on the footy show. Don't know if you remember a segment back in the day called Mastermind, mm-hmm. the quiz. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Sort of engineered by myself, wrote the questions, got yeah. the talent the program, so that was, took up a fair bit of my week's work at that time. And then when the station was being mooted, the program manager, Rob Law, knew Rod Gilbert, uh, Rob, Rob Gilbert, Russell Gilbert, back from uh, growing up in the western suburbs and offered Gilbo a spot. And Gilbo said, look, I've got an offsider who knows more about sport than me. We'd do it together. And it went from there. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Hey, a lot, a lot of people try and get into the, the sports media landscape in a professional sense like you did. What, what do you think was the biggest advantage for you? Was it your footy knowledge or was it the gift of being able to speak to anyone? Was it confidence? What, what do you reckon it was for you? You know, to start off with, all those previous jobs that I had, including copywriting, because I wrote for Channel 7 Football and for Channel 7 Sport, because there is a bit of writing that goes on there. The most important piece of advice I could give is reliability. Mm. You know, when you start off, whether you're lucky enough to get a job maybe as a producer at a radio station or any job that you do in sports media, because of the sort of turnover and whether or not you're a small cog in the machine, there will be a reliance on you. So... Don't get too caught up in your own importance, but just know that if you don't meet a deadline, if you call in sick, that affects a lot of people down the line. And generally, operations are run by one person, so there'll be a head of football, a program manager at a radio station, and he does not want to be, or she does not want to be constantly picking up the pieces for an unreliable worker. So I, I can honestly say that the greatest asset I had going forward was that I felt that it was like the Australian wicketkeeper's job. Mm. Every job that I had, don't give the gloves to somebody else, do the job yourself, never call in sick, never be late. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, I also loved uh, listening to you on the radio, mate, of course. And you had a heap of dif- different segments that you did. You had the Fitness Hour, Radio Game Show, Bush and the Burbs. You talked soccer with Zappers and David Davidovich. Um, you had the right time as well with Gavin Krasiska. What, what, yep. was, what was your favourite or, say, the most fulfilling segment or, or something you did on radio? What did you enjoy the most? I, I've got to say the right time because it really did make a difference, you know. And hmm. it's a, It was an hour about addiction. And it was pretty groundbreaking and still would be if there was an hour like that on radio every week Mm -hmm. in Melbourne. We had a lot of callers that really opened up to us and I had the good fortune of meeting some of these people away from radio and generally it's a pretty good rule not to sort of reach out to listeners, but there were instances where it made a real difference. So I was, going to say, I was pretty proud of it. Yeah, yeah, and and you should be. Uh, was that your idea that you, you came up with? How did that um, come about, that segment? I think it was on a Monday, wasn't it, for an hour, every Monday? No, actually, Gavin Francisco approached me. I'd, I'd met Gavin through Reckling football. Now, mm. I'd been invited down to Reckling as an umpire because I'd be, I was on radio, and Gavin was there coaching the Salvation Hawks. Now, sensibly, and certainly to me, he, like myself, being him being an ex-AFL footballer, me being on radio, had been invited down to, you know, give those involved with wrestling more identity and for, in his position to pass on his football knowledge. Now, Gavin rang me up one afternoon and said, I want to have a coffee with you. Mm-hmm. And we went and had a coffee, and I couldn't believe what, he told me over the next 45 minutes to an hour. He said that in the next day or so, he'd be hitting the headlines because he'd done a one-on-one interview with Eddie McGuire. And then he went on to explain that he had suffered 
the disease of addiction most of his adult life, or all of his adult life mm. until his teenage years, and had played his entire league career addicted to speed, addicted to marijuana, um, and other sort of aligned addictions came out of that with gambling, but that was later on. Mm. And that he'd gone public with it, and he didn't want what had happened to him to be a sort of a headline forgotten in a day because his story was that he's almost lost everything, lost all his money from football and his wife basically put him in the car and took him to a rehab centre and said, if you don't go in and get help, I'm taking the kids and we're leaving. And by the time I met Gavin, he was part of Reckling, not because he'd been invited down as a footballer, but because he'd gone through a rehab program and become a drug counsellor. And that was all pretty private, but that world opened up and he said, "What is there anything we could do on radio that would make my message that's going to ring loud and clear with Eddie in the next couple of days resonate? And I came back and I said, how about an hour every week? And from that through the right time. Mm, brilliant. And it's really admirable how he's come up, uh, come out open with it and how, how much he wants to help other people. Do you still keep in contact with Gavin? Post radio. Look, I don't, I don't keep in contact with him, but I see him annually down at the Reckling Finals, which yep. are held at St Kilda at the Peanut Farm. And yeah, I've run into him a couple of times. He's still fighting the good fight. Yep. He does it professionally now with mm-hmm. his own rehab program. And I think people who, and I think everybody's been touched by addiction in some way, if not directly, if not friends or family, then certainly understanding basically the society we live in has an undercurrent of battle with various addictions. And, you know, it, it's a matter, it's not a matter of a tide that can't be kept back, but it's a fight that he'll be fighting for the rest of his life because I think it's part of human nature. Yeah. Hey, your time ended at SEN in, in 2018. Um a lot of people weren't happy with it, including myself. I enjoyed listening to you and you had a lot of loyal listeners. Um, you said at the time, I think, I wouldn't have an ego if I didn't think it was the wrong call, but I respect their right to make the decision. What were the feelings at the time? Look, I mean, the company had chosen, or the board had chosen to basically not as much merge with Croc Media as be sort of taken over by media and have as its have as its um, directed have as its station manager and also follow the, the direction of Craig Hutchison. So that's the direction the company's gone in. Now I know I, I've, I've listened to the station since, and it's very different, but it's not unexpected. I mean, Craig has nationalised the brand. And in doing so, he's gone for more identifiable figures. I sort of understand his philosophy. I still don't. I still believe that there's a there would be a place for me on that station. I don't think Evenings is treated with anywhere near the respect it deserves, which is crazy. I mean, mm. it shows to me a little bit of um, Craig's inexperience in radio and something that he hasn't really managed to catch up with. So whilst he is brilliantly adept at uh, selling the product, 
and has been successful in nationalising the product, so I don't know whether that success runs to the ratings. One of the one of the sort of basic precepts of radio is obviously the most important ratings period. The way where you get the most money is in breakfast. You know, you start off in the start off early, and that's where all the big teams are. But it's generally understood that the station that somebody goes to sleep with or turns the radio off on is the same station that they wake up on mm. and get into the car to. So that was my responsibility at SEN. Do a good evening show because that's the radio station that people come back to first thing in the morning. Mm. And it's always been a philosophy of radio, but I don't think they pay evenings anywhere near enough respect on SEN. And to me, there's always been the sense since the station's been taken over of, of the tail wagging the dog a bit in that if you've got money to sponsor a, an hour or basically they drive hard for the cash sale and I think at times it's compromised the radio station. I'll, I'll honestly say it, hand to heart. And I don't say this with any joy because I'll explain why. Um, the station's not as good as it was. The ratings say that the general general sort of um, mood in the streets, the zeitgeist is that that station isn't what it was and that's not a good thing. And I take no pleasure in that because the biggest part of my broadcasting resume, in fact, my professional resume, is the time I spent at SEN. Now, mm. even though I'm not there, I want SEN to be a big, powerful station. I want it to rate eights and nines so when people look at my resume and see that I was there for 12 years, they go, gee, you were part of SEN. Mm. Not, I don't want to see the station wither on the vine because that does nothing for my time that was spent there. In, in other words, you know, you'd want to have three AW on your resume, not three MPs. Mm. So more power to SEN, and I hope that they can find more ratings and find the formula that people love. Mm. So have you, you've got aspirations then of returning to radio? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'd. I, with the right offer, I would return tomorrow. Well, I'd love to, to hear you back there, but in the meantime, you're still uh, you're doing your stuff with Roko, which I uh, enjoy listening to. How's he like to, to work with constantly? What's he like, Roko? I mean, Sam, look, he's intense, passionate, mm-hmm. and we've been, you know, driving that footyology product now for six years. Yeah. So it's it's no, it, it's no gimme, in other words, and we both expect this of each other, to understand football, to have watched football, to know what's going on, to be on top of things. And I would say that he's, at the same time, um, not easy to work with in the best possible way, yeah. in, in the sort of way that, you know, you can't just bludge your way through. And I think you find that you'll find a few Football members of the football media come the second half of the season, start sort of fudge. You know, they 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 know how to um, fill in the gaps, so mm. to say. Yeah, yeah. Can't do that with Rowan or with me. Mm. So, in the best possible way, he's a he's a he's not an easy he's not a gimme to work with. 
that is, but beyond that, his football knowledge is great, and beyond that, he's a great bloke. So, no matter what, you know, when you work intensely together, you butt heads occasionally. Mm-hmm. The, the overriding feeling of working with Rowan is absolute pleasure, absolute joy. Yeah, brilliant. All right, Finey, speaking of footy, I'd like to play a quick game with you. It's called uh, Fine or Not Fine. Okay, so I'm gonna gi- I'm gonna give you a statement, and you tell me yep. if that's fine with you or not fine. Okay, as as you yep. can tell, I spent a lot of time coming up with that name. So let's that hope it goes. Great, well. That's a great segment. That's there you go. Great. We should be on radio together. <laughs> well, that you know what I've got to say. One of the things that I'm proudest of on radio yeah. was how we named our segment. Yeah. Yes. We had really good names for segments, like. You know, we, we did lead teams, but we couldn't use lead teams, mm. so we came up with selection dissection. Yeah. <laughs> which I think people really sort of like. The right time was um, a great name for that segment. Our mm. our um, look at local and country footy, the bush and the, the burbs. Yep, yep. People still sort of use that and talk about it as though it's public property. No, it's not. Paul Daffy and I came up with that. <laughs> There you go. Well, I got inspiration from you. So let's go with fine or not fine. Okay, the first one. St Kilda will make top four. Uh, <laughs> you had to start me with that. No, I had to. I had to. Um, not fine. Oh, not fine. Jeez, there's so many St Kilda supporters here just absolutely in tears because you were the one man who was giving them hope. Surely, if you got to believe in them after that. Against West Coast, um, that that question could be. I'm, I'm not saying it's dead, mm. not at all. Mm. But it was dead ten minutes into the third quarter yeah. against West Coast. Mm. So, really, if they can win one of the games between Richmond and Port, then they're up there with the big boys, aren't they? But the problem is that they've got a very hard draw, and you know. You can't get too far behind Sydney or Melbourne or the Bulldogs, and you've still got to fit in Richmond, Port Adelaide. Mm. No, so I'll say not. Not fine. Okay. Collingwood are missing finals. Fine. Fine. Okay. Haven't liked what you've seen. That's fair enough. Me neither. Um, ben Cunnington's bump was worth a week. Not fine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Pretty unlucky. Well, hopefully they'll get a result at the tribunal. Yeah, when they overturn it. Yeah, no, I wasn't happy with that. Uh, Melbourne are the real deal. I can't believe I'm saying this, but, <laughs> but fine. Yeah. I know. Well, you can't argue with what they've shown so far. At least they're, they're keep, they've promised a lot in pre-season. And, uh, oh, to, I, yeah. The way they play, when they add Wiedemann and or Brown to that yeah. team, that yeah. becomes that becomes seriously good. Mm. Well, that was a problem, wasn't it, Finey? That the, the forward line was what everyone questioned. And, and yeah. you've, you're adding them to an already impressive, I mean, outcome, what the uh, the results they've produced so far. It is scary, isn't it? Yeah, the one thing is that uh, that team was built sort of reverse engineered and it didn't make sense until about halfway through last year. Mm. But it was, I think that team's built on May of Lever. Now, May's out for a month. So we'll just see how it works mm. without him. Geelong's ball movement is too slow. Um, not fine, mm. only because they are masters of their own destiny. And I, 
I actually don't think they've got the personnel. Look, I'm going to say not fine because I don't think that's their biggest problem. Okay. Well, just quickly, what is their biggest problem? They don't have a a deep midfield anymore. Now, Dangerfield comes back and makes a big difference in that regard. Mm. But I just feel that their team now runs on... runs, you know, six or seven players that are are a bit susceptible. I'll say this, I I think... I think Zach Tui is very much in his last year. Mm. Um, The likes of Jordan Clark and Young Close, they're sort of... They remind me of old Geelong players, those sort of will-of-the-wisp types, but physically... They almost encourage that keeping off style of play. They're not that physically strong. Yeah, yeah. I have a look at their midfield. You know, that Joel Selwood still has to be the one to go in there and get the ball. Mm. But they need they need much more. They need a far deeper midfield to compete with the likes of the Bulldogs and you know uh, Sydney Swans now, and definitely Melbourne's inside mid and St Kilda. They just don't bat deep enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Carlton have has not improved since when? <laughs> uh, since last year. <laughs> so. How old are you, Glenn? Oh, I'm 27. Good. So you can say Carlton has not improved in my lifetime. In my lifetime. There you go. Yep. Would you? Is yeah, that fine know, with you? Because <laughs> the first half of my lifetime, when I was 27, yeah, Carlton was a thorn in my side. They mm-hmm. were the arrogant. Premiership winning bastards of AFL football, <laughs> yeah. or AFL football, but no, it, it, I'm fine with that comment mm-hmm. because one step forward, one step back for those blokes, I tell you. Mm. Okay, we will have a new Premier in 2021. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you saying Daniel Andrews is not going to <laughs> make it out of make well, it out of? Well, both the uh, new Premier of Victoria and the AFL. What do you reckon? <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah, we'll we'll have a new Premier. Yeah, why not? I mean, bloody, they're bloody good Richmond, but I'm taking six or seven teams against them. So yeah, yeah, and and Richmond's great. Advantage over the rest of the competition. Surely, surely it's it's. I've seen them. I saw I saw that team go from just a team mm-hmm. to a great team. Surely it's in method and in self belief. Now, after four years, three premierships and that third, 
surely the other team, one other team can not only mimic that but can improve on that. If not, then Richmond's formula for success is far more hidden than I than I believe it is. Yeah, well, let's but, hope let's hope it's hidden because I'm a Richmond man, so let's hope it keeps going. So. I mean, it is, <laughs> it, it's it's brilliant based on based. Well, there's two theories, you know. There is, and and I subscribe to both, which is unfair. Theory one is that there is this self belief and methodology that Richmond can unbottle, especially towards the end of the season, that is unrivaled. And the other theory is that they've they've just got 21 blokes that match it with their opponents, plus Dustin Martin, which makes them untouchable. Mm. So what what theory do you subscribe to? That it's a a team, the team's brilliant, or you're just lucky to have the best player of all time? I'd like to think the team's brilliant, but definitely having Dustin Martin um, doesn't hurt, I'd say. Can (laughs) I I be like you and just subscribe to both? Yeah, yeah. Depends which week. Yeah, that's okay. right. And this leads well into the in the last one. The last one of fine or not fine is this: you would trade Jack Steele and Jack Billings for Dustin Martin. Now, how long do I have to decide on this? Because I've oh. already decided. I already decided. You already decided. Minute. Okay, what was it? Absolutely, and I think Jack Steele's magnificent. Yep. And Billings is leaving. Really, when you consider Billings was taken before Bont and Pelly. Mm. Um, you know, week in, week out, he's a bloody good player, Jack Billings. Oof. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, did you see that interview with Dustin Martin and, and Rewalt? Yes, I did. Yep. Just brought a tear to my eye when he talked so fondly about Barrington for the Saints growing up. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet it did. Yeah, he is a champ, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, of course, you'd ta- I'd take him in a second. Yeah. I've so- got. I've got great faith in Max King. Oh, look, anyhow, Dustin Martin. So that's fine, then. Fine with you. That is. Have you got the paperwork, mate? <laughs> that's good. I was just testing how much of a, uh, you know, they call sometimes, you know, people can be called nuffies and, you know, see if you had your St. Kilda goggles on, but you definitely don't. You're a calculated man, which is why I love you. And, uh, yeah, I think most people would. Dustin Martin is fine with you. Hey, Finey, before I let you yep. go, mate, I with all the guests, I do 10 quick questions. So just the first thing that pops into your mind, I'm going to ask you 10 questions about yourself. Is no, that all good? Do. Yep. Yep. Good. Okay. Your favourite food? Malaysia. Malaysia. Favourite movie? Sexy Beast. Best person you've interviewed? Viv Worst person you've interviewed? I don't know if you know this guy, the football or Jamie Cooper. Um, yeah, Jamie Cooper. Jamie Cooper. He said the word three times before I realised he said it. Oh, what was it? The C word. Oh, jeez. Three times. Oh, no. Uh, so if... The way he said it, it was just sort of part of his vernacular. Yeah, yeah, so he didn't notice. Oh, jeez. Who, uh, who did he play for? He played... Oh, sorry, not Jamie Cooper. Jamie Cooper's the guy who draws the painting. Oh, okay. of, of all the Jamie Shaw. Jamie Shaw. Yeah, played two, three games for Fitzroy under David Parkin. Yeah. 
uh, to say that those two aren't similar people would be an understatement. <laughs> Went on to play for Preston in the VFA. Yeah. And one year he kicked, I think, 180 goals in one season. Oh, jeez. And just He love, was an uh, absolute yeah. star. Just love using the C word. There you go. Um, yeah. If you could, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, that's a great question. I don't even know where. It's somewhere sort of out of Melbourne. So um, I'll, I'll say, I'll say Hepburn. Hepburn. Yeah. All right. Somewhere, somewhere sort of in the bush near Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Good. Your favourite sport other than footy. Well, you're going to love the sport. Love you, mate. Yeah. Football, the EPL. The Did a- you know who I In the EPL? West Ham United. Oh, West Ham United. Yes, West Ham United. Oh, boy, am I on a run. Yeah. Me and my, me and my phone with my Optus. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, yep. oh, brilliant. And and you've also, of course, got the EPL Live app that we do at Sportsmate, I'm sure, which is brilliant. Yeah. Hey, you know... Um, I interviewed. It's not about. This is about you. Sorry for interrupting. But I, I got to interview <laughs> Alessandro Diamanti on Wednesday, and it, ah, was, and I, it was the it was the best. And he was so good for West Ham. And it was unfortunate yep. he he only left West Ham just to get picked for the national squad because Marcello Lippi, the the Italian coach, wouldn't pick anyone out of the Serie A. So because yep. he was playing EPL, yep. he had to go back. What a shame! What a star he is. Oh, he was great. I mean, it's just. Just a real coup for the Aliens to mm. pick him up. I don't think people realise how good he is. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. Well, yeah, that's good. You're a West Ham West Ham supporter and they're going well. So what a what a time for you. Hey, do you like Green Street Hooligans? Not really. No? Okay. No, that's all right. No, you can't have what's his name? Baggin from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, I sort of Bit of time in England. I used to live yeah. in Liverpool. I used to go down to West Ham every second week yeah. and to East End of London. Yeah. And I didn't see, see no Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Bloody Baggins. Yeah, no, fair enough, too. All right, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be? Um, well, I'm beyond my family. That's the right yeah, thing to yeah, say. Yeah, of course, but no, someone I've dinner with every bloody night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I could have dinner with anybody in the world, it would be, look, this is such an obvious answer. And because I think he's a complete and utter nutcase. Yeah. But it's got Donald Trump. Donald Trump, yeah. What I, an interesting dinner that would be. And I am no fan of Donald Trump. Yeah. But half the reason is because of his diet. Because he only eats three things, apparently. He only eats Macca's, yeah. Chicken, King, or Well Done Steak. I mean, what a weirdo. Yeah, no, that is and weird. And it, Macca's, he eats, you know at Macca's, yeah. there's only three things he eats. What's that? What are they? The Quarter Pounder. Yeah. They are the most legit, the fillet of fish. The fillet he of eats, fish? He eats fillet of fish and nuggets. He doesn't eat fries, but he's a huge fillet of fish eater. That's so weird. Because yeah. I only get that on Good Friday. You do eat it on Good Friday. Only on Good Friday. If I had to, sometimes we went for a trip on, if we're going away for Easter and you can't have meat on Friday, yeah. so I'd have a fillet yeah. of fish, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, last time I had a fillet of fish, I thought, 
this cannot be for real. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was like, is that fish? What fish is that? I know. So what do you get then? Are you called a pounder man then? No, I'm an old traditionalist. Big Mac. Big Mac, chocolate stick shake, and fries. Yeah. My son, worked, one of my sons worked there for a while, so that really put me off the idea of eating there. Yeah, no, fair enough too. This has been a good quick fire question round. It's good. Uh, <laughs> Favourite footy player of all time? Lenny Hay. Yep. What makes you angry? Other than fillet of fishes. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, I do have, I do have um, traffic issues. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So, you know what I'll say? My own reaction to traffic issues <laughs> makes me... Because I do sometimes overexpress myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And then it's a bad cycle, isn't it? Because then you get angry at your reaction and it just goes in a circle. It's hard. Melbourne traffic is ridiculous. Well, the problem is that I've got a son who's 19, mm. who's an apprentice, and I have to wake up. We, me and my wife take him to work. We get up at 5 a.m. every morning. Oh. Um, because he's been so slow. He's on delves, but, you know. Oh, he hasn't got his license yet. No, and do you know why he doesn't have his license? Why is that? Because the fear of God of driving him to, <laughs> on, on the way I react in traffic. So, you know. Oh. Karma. Yeah, there you go. Karma. All right, last one, finally. If you had full control, what is one thing you would change about the AFL? One thing. You know what, I don't mind the way it's going at the moment. The one, one thing I would change about the AFL, you know what? I would make it... I would make a system whereby regular football goers, and I don't even mean members, I mean people who go every week, that is registered, and when their team makes the grand final, they do not miss out. So it would be a prioritised system of attendance equals um, first light. And priority that is nothing sadder than seeing he's gone every game for the last 15, 20 years not being able to go to a grand final. That's wrong. So yeah. that would be what I'll say. Yeah, I love that. That's good. That's great. Take it take it straight to the AFL. I reckon they should do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. they're, they're really going to really turn their back on corporate Australia. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all about the money, man. Oh, well. Oh, well. Were you at the Saints' last grand final? Pardon? Were you at the Saints' last grand final? Okay, I'm losing you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you don't know very well. I, I have not seen one minute replay of 2010, 2009, 1997. <laughs> I, I can't watch one second of it. I, I can imagine. And I, I'm sorry to bring that up. What a way to end. Yeah. People say, people say to me, like, you know, what did you think when saw smothered Rewalt's kick. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I've, I had a brain aneurysm 15, yeah. seconds, 15 seconds after the final siren. That game does not exist. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll be, a, be able to create some new memories for you because they're looking pretty good at the moment, the Saints. So you should be happy. And uh, I'm very happy because I was able to chat to you today, Mark Fine. You're an absolute legend, mate. I've uh, always loved your work. I admire it. And I uh, appreciate you coming on to have a chat today. You know what? It's an absolute pleasure and you're a gun operator. So, oh, thank you. So, I look forward to following the podcast. Thank you, mate.
Thank you, mate. Much appreciated. Thanks, Jake.